Welcome to the Appalachian Runner Podcast. This is your host, Caleb Bowen, and good lord, we have two podcasts in one day. That's that's wild. But uh it's you know it's Hurricane 100k time. You know, we just ran the race last week. You know, I talked to Matt Young this morning, and now I have the privilege to talk to Alex Miner, the winner of the Hurricane 100K. You know, the inaugural race. This is the big time because he has an automatic course record with this one. Uh, so now everybody's going to be looking to him uh, for the rest of the year. So I'll introduce Alex. You know, Alex Miner, he's special because he was my prize recruit back in 2016 whenever I first started coaching, He or 2015, going into 2016. Uh, you know, I got him, got him, and then he ended up being a two-time all-conference USA runner for Marshall University. Uh, since then, he has won the Yamacraw uh 50k you know that's a money race that's a big time race he beat zach beaven in that race um but even since then you know this past year he won the cabin fever 50k and i think what 343 343 the fastest time in west virginia in a 50k um and then he also ran yamacraw again ran canal trace again but then he really hit it with the hurricane 100k uh so we're excited to have alex here Excited to be here, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so he's he's popular now. He's He was on the Trails Collective uh, podcast a couple nights ago. Um, and then you talked to Matt, who will also put out his podcast as well. So big things, man. Yeah, it's been fun, dude. Talking to everyone about running. It's tough to beat, dude. Exactly. But, you know, you've been in the game for a while now. I mean, obviously, you're young. You're 24 years old. Um, you've run some races. You know, Yamacraw is no joke. It's, a, it's Like I said, it's a money race. And when I say money race, it's what a thousand dollars, thousand bucks first place, then five hundred second, and two fifty third. Exactly. Yeah. So that that always brings in some really good names. And then the inaugural cabin fever that was pretty wild too, because obviously that's a fast course, but like February in, in Fayetteville could be really good or really bad. You never really know. Uh, it could be an ice storm. It could be eight inches of snow, or it could be six degrees. Um, you guys had a little bit of middle ground. I mean, it seemed like it was like in the 40s. seemed to be a nice day. But the thing about that race is it has a couple of really big kicker hills, especially there at the end. Yeah, like mile 19, I think, was by far the worst because, well, from 13 to 19, just completely flat. Mm-hmm. And then you're just cruising, and then you hit that 19, and it's like a literal slap to the face. I can't remember what section that is, but... I mean, so wherever I looked at it, I thought it was a different hill. I thought it was the hill that we ran in Rim the River, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's, it's like Bryant, you know, love you, Bryant, but like, what, I don't know what you did with that one because it's straight up it's straight up the hill. It's not even like a trail. It's just straight up the hill. And, uh, you know, obviously the first part of it's really fast. You're going down, you're going down from Canard into the south side, Brooklyn Trail. But then you have that slap in the face, and it's just it breaks your momentum, and you have to really get going on the hardest section at the end, where people are really wearing down. So the fact you ran three forty three at that course is pretty impressive. Um, and then you know, Hurricane Hunter K. That's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, let's uh, before we really get going with the actual race, you know, what were your thoughts going into it? You know, obviously being the first 100K in West Virginia and being a money race as well. You know, they hyped it up. They made it, what, $1,500 for first place, $750 for second place, and then $275 for third? Something like that. Something like that. $375. So, obviously, that's more money than most of us, you know, win in any race. So, that's on our mind. You know, what were your thoughts going into it? I mean, big thing was, well, yeah, that's awesome from Matt to – be able to get all the sponsors, raise all that money and stuff, just because, yeah, racing in West Virginia is definitely pretty tough to put on, getting actual good people to come to it and stuff. So, um, so shout out Matt for that. But going into it, I mean, that was by far the longest race I've ever ran. The most I've ran prior was actually at Yamacraw um, this past year. I got lost, classic. I've gotten lost my past two races, but at Yamacraw, I think – Dan and I were actually racing together, and we added on, I think, like an extra three miles. So I ended up running 35 miles. It was horrible. But um, training-wise, I was just kind of running still semi-decent miles, like mid-70s. I think my biggest week was like 80 or something. I don't do as well with big mileage, so I really just kind of listened to my body. Didn't really do anything crazy, no crazy workouts or anything like that. But 
so going into it, I felt really fresh, healthy, and stuff. So um, felt really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's kind of a stark contrast because Dan Green, your roommate, uh, who you guys race a lot and train a lot together, he's all about the mileage. And, and it's just funny because you can ultimately get to the same point doing two different types of running because you got to do what you what fits you best. Um, and you, obviously he can train harder. I mean, he can not train harder, but train longer. You know, yeah. he can run those miles and still feel normal. Um, he feels better running that. Yeah. Miles, I feel honestly. like he, he seems to feel worse whenever he does less miles. Yeah, whenever he tapers, he gets sick instantly. So it's just like before a race, he's always just feeling like garbage. I think there's something to that. Cause I, I usually feel sick the week after a race, whenever I'm like trying to come back, but recovering. I don't know if you just you know deplete your immune system enough during the race and then you don't do anything and your body is like just doesn't know what to do. What are you doing? Like yeah. you're used to training at eighty to hundred miles a week and all of a sudden you're not. Like I think it just freaks out. Yeah. But uh there's something to that. But uh yeah, and it seems like you had some really good workouts leading up to it. Yeah, I was mostly doing more just like hill stuff. So obviously that course is brutal. That first five miles, just pretty much all the elevation gain and so I kind of took that into mind like when training. I'm running out of Harvestville Park a lot, do the hills out there. And nothing like super fast. I don't really want to do anything like that, but um, just longer kind of stuff, especially longer runs. Had a couple of just 20 milers, a couple of just like three hour runs that I wanted to do before the race. So I knew I was going to be on my feet for definitely over eight hours for sure. So, and I've never been, been on my feet that long. So. Um, definitely wanted to run just longer, harder stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Barzo Park's probably the perfect place to run to prepare you for Meeks because it's, it's very similar, short, choppy hills. You know, not I wouldn't say technical, but like more technical than Beach Fork, more technical than a lot of the trails we have other places. You know, it's it's nothing crazy, like nothing compared to Pennsylvania, Colorado, or anything like that. But like. It's something where you can roll, you can run fast, but if you run fast, you got to be very attentive to yeah. rocks and roots and stuff where you'll fall. And that's something that's, I think it's a learned skill in itself rather than just, you know, being able to roll and being able to power hike. Yeah. You know, you got to learn how to run in that middle ground. Yeah, and the barbers, well, I mean, there's just so many different trails you can do. So it's like you can change up every day. You're not getting bored of the same stuff. Like beach fork, when I go out there, I love beach fork, but I'm doing like the same loop every time. Yeah, far as you can at least change it up and stuff, and yeah, you can do different kind of things. I was doing a lot of fartleks just on the trails, which is always fun too. So, but yeah, Barbersville. Plus, Barbersville Park is literally three minutes from your uh, place of work. Yeah, so I can just run right there after work. It's yeah, perfect. And it seems like you guys have a really good group of guys that go out and run. You, know, yeah. you got Robert, you got Dan, you got Austin. Yep, the boys. Yeah, you go out there run. Typically, well, Austin's been working at the Charleston Roberts yeah. running shop. Um, as of late, so we don't get to do as many. But yeah, we'd go out there after work, run six, seven miles, have a beer, and just chill. And it was just the best thing to do, pretty much. So, but yeah. I will say one of my favorite runs last year was the one I got invited to. Uh, I don't know if it was January or December, but it was fun. It was like one of my first trail runs after Rim to River, and it felt like crap, but it was fun. You run with the boys in, at night yeah. with our lights on and. Yeah, drinking a beer at Barzell Park felt a little uh, sketchy because I wasn't sure if it was legal, but, you know, it was fun. Um, it's not legal if they catch it. That's true, yeah. <laughs> and no one's going to be out there at 8 o'clock at night in yeah. December or January, you know, exactly. under the stars. But, yeah, it seemed like you, your training went really well, went without a hitch. Um, you know, Canal Trace uh, obviously didn't go as planned due to a wrong turn. Got lost. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, preparing for Hurricane 100K, you still got a really good run out of it. You got yeah. 33 miles, 32 miles. It's like 32, I think, just right on the dot. But. So good long run, good hard effort. I mean, obviously not what you wanted, but. That was something that, that I felt like I actually needed, though. Something like a long, hard race like that. And Bob, I mean, he does a great job. Like, that was just such a fun kind of race. Great atmosphere, too, for everyone. But yeah, I just missed, I think it was like mile 25 or something, missed that turn, just kept, I was on the road, so I was feeling real good. Yeah, I was like, yeah I'm just going to keep going, so, but yeah, I just didn't look left. Well, and to be honest, like, I helped mark it, and I knew that was a tough place, because typically it's not a tough place to miss. I mean, usually you see the bridge, you go towards it, but there was a trailer that just got parked right in front of the bridge, the week before the race and it kind of hides the bridge we weren't able to 
put markings on any of the trees because there's no trees around there. Yeah. Like it's just a big open area. So it, I, I was a little worried about that one anyway. Not not really for myself because obviously like I, I knew it because I was marking it, but like people who had never run the trail before, I could see it. Yeah. So it was fun though. That was by far one of the more fun 50Ks I've done just because it was, mm-hmm. it was very brutal. And you yeah. and I, it was fun too, just like kind of going back and forth. It was. Like actually racing each other, which was really cool. Yeah, getting dropped by you is not, not exactly fun, but. <laughs> Dude, that horse for the bull field, oh my God. That's like, the, I think, the hardest part by far. So I, did, I didn't walk or power hike any of this past weekend, but I did power hike up that stinging bull field. Yeah. Like, because I was just depleted, tired, soaked to like you know we it was so humid that day that we were just totally soaked before we even really started and yeah i was that was a rough time but then you ended up getting it back on the gravel road and stuff so the chicken bites that's the worst i've never this is the itchiest i've ever been in my life i still still i still have scars from it i mean i love canola trace of death i'm not bob this is not a uh you know hindrance towards your race because you know i'm gonna run it no matter what but if we could get rid of the seed tick chiggers whatever they are spawns of satan let's get rid of them because they're they're horrible i will i will do as much uh trail work to weed eat all that if i can but i don't know if there's anything that could save us because i thought we did a lot and they still attack us can't be saved it's the worst for the front runners not that we're Feel sorry for us, but like we we knock them all onto our legs. No, feel time. sorry for us because yeah, that's horrible. I've been itching nonstop. I can't yeah. sleep. Uh, the former uh, race director Daniel Jarvis and uh, well, Danny and uh, Corey. Corey, they they've told me both that they look like meth heads, like after weed eating all of that wow. in previous years because they're itching so, like constantly. Yeah, so bad. All right, so Hurricane Hundred K, it's your first Hundred K, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hyped up and you know, you're running against me and you're also running, running against Dan. And that's probably intimidating just because I've done several big races and Dan obviously has as well. You know, you, you're coming into this being like the least experienced of us all. My How fault. did that feel? It was, it was very intimidating just because I mean, I've crewed you guys for hundred miles that's true, and yeah. stuff and I've seen you guys go through hell pretty much. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I've never ran over 35 months. I was like, I have to almost double that pretty much. So, and knowing how you guys race where you, and just train, you guys just train so freaking hard. So, and I'm like complete opposite. I'm taking a lot easier, less mileage and stuff. So I was like, this is your guys kind of wheelhouse. So I was definitely a little intimidated going in. Um, but then by the end of it, I mean, it's just the boys running in the woods, which that's what I really chalked it down to is just like, it's just a good time running with the boys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I've, I've told multiple people before. Yeah, I feel like me, Dan, you, you know, we're, we're so close. We, I mean, we're close in terms of being friends, but also in performance. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're the most talented out of us all. And I, I say that just because of like what I saw during cross country and track. You know, the tools that you had, I felt like trans, would translate over. You know, and that's not a knock to Dan because Dan, obviously, he makes up for it in terms of his ability to train really hard. Um, so he makes up for it. And then, then me, like, I don't know. I just do what you I just, can. You do I do what I can. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've told everybody, like, you know, when Alex figures it out, it's going to be really special because he's going to just he's gonna just light everybody up. And obviously, you lit us up on Saturday. Yeah. So. You hate to see it, but you love to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we get there. You know, what, what, what time did you get there? I got there. I think four forty-five. Jeez, that's right. I woke up. Woke up at three a.m. Um, had coffee. Did a little jog. I think a jog maybe like half a mile. Mm-hmm. Get the get the bowels going. You know, yeah, shake out. And then got stuff organized. Had a little breakfast, and yeah, left. I think from my house right around four fifteen. I think so. Got up there four forty-five and got some other stuff set up real quick and and we were ready, dude. Then just waiting on you guys. Yeah, yeah. I got there. I think five fifteen-ish. Um, yeah, we, we left at five. Uh, my dad and I, because I stayed at my parents' house. And um, how close are they? Close to the course? Right? They live about six miles away. Oh, um, it's not technically a hurricane. It's Cloden, which is like a little 
I wouldn't say suburb. It's a little offshoot of Hurricane, mm-hmm. in between Milton and Hurricane. Uh, but they, you know, they live out, but it's not far. I mean, and you hit two stoplights. Oh, it's beautiful. So you get through those, and to be honest, that stoplight could make your you can make it from ten minutes to fifteen minutes, depending on how if you hit it right. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so we get there. Uh, I saw your tent, you know, right there at the pretty much the first tent when you come through, which oh, is yeah. nice. Um, I was a, like one of the later tents, um, and I think that, that that worked out really well for me because I was I didn't want to like have to go down to a tent. I was hoping that Bob would stay on the road, which he did, and yeah. that, that worked out well. Um, but it did kind of stink that the tent was sliding down a hill. Um, but, that was my problem though, just having to go down yeah. to the actual tent and then really run back up a hill. So, yep. But I kind of worked it out in a way where. I mean, I didn't sit down. Well, I only had to sit down once and get a sock change. But mm-hmm. then having just all that stuff set up there, I think, worked out pretty well for me for sure. Yeah. So did you have a plan in mind or were you just going to react off of everybody else? Did literally react. Okay. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I had no clue going into this, like, kind of what to expect or what to do. And I knew, like, first loop, second loop, I wasn't going to be, like, super worried about, like, what goes down. I knew we were going to be, like, racing racing that first loop obviously yeah um that one guy was actually racing he was was the relay guy he was going at it dude and just kept asking you directions coach anderson was definitely uh he was he was racing (laughs) yeah it was a while but um but yeah i just reacted i mean um the big thing for me was drinking i did take a lot longer at aid stations Mm -hmm. for sure i think and we'll talk about that yeah, yeah for sure yeah. But yeah, it's definitely just reacting to you guys, what you were kind of doing, and honestly, just learning from you guys, like within just a couple hours that we were running together. Yeah. Okay. So I had a plan. It, it went to crap really quick because uh, I didn't realize we were running that fast the first loop because it felt like we were Slow. slogging. Yeah. And and I wanted to run one thirty to one thirty two ish for that first loop. We came through at one twenty seven, one twenty eight ish. You know, nothing crazy, but it still is fast enough that, like, you don't want to run any slower than that now because yeah. that set the standard. Um, I, I just figured that we would run slower being in the dark, you know, getting our bearings. I, I figured nobody would really want to take the lead and all that. Yeah. That's why we let the, the yeah, guy uh, exactly. take it. Um, so, I mean, eventually I, I could tell he was struggling, so I took the lead. And I, I felt good being up in the front because I, I like being able to see where I'm running you know, I could see different rocks and stuff. And I think that's why I didn't fall as much because, oh, yeah. you know, you guys were kind of in, in a Congo line. And, I mean, Dan felt hard a couple of times, especially that on that second loop. I remember he fell a couple of times on the first loop as well. Like eight times total, I think. Yeah. And, you know, it's it was you, me, Dan, Holly Ann, and I guess I don't know if the other guy hung on. I, don't, I have no clue. I don't Enjoy. think he did. But uh, we were all together. And it was, it was really fun just, you know, chatting away. Starting the morning off, just chilling, kind of. And you know, something that we talked about this morning or earlier this morning with me and Matt, the sunrise was really pretty. It was and gorgeous. That's what he wanted. Uh, he wanted us to be able to see the sunrise at that specific spot. So, kudos to you, Matt, for thinking about that because it's super weird to be on an overcast day that we'd actually see the sunset. But it worked out. Yeah, that was probably one of the coolest moments in that race. I'd say just early morning, that sunrise. I mean. Didn't just running with you guys and talking and stuff. We didn't really get too serious, seriously into racing until obviously a couple of loops into yeah. it. But yeah, that's something else great. Yeah. And I will say a shout out to Matt for having just the thought of having somebody go through with a bike to take out all the spider webs. Spire webs. I mean, that's never happened, at least in any race I've run. Nobody's ever thought of that. I thought he was joking when he told me the night before. It, it legit happened. The guy was wearing a Spider-Man costume as well. Yeah. That was on the bike. That, that's just perfect. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you, Matt. You, you're you're definitely being one of the best race riders I've ever seen at this point. I didn't get one spider web, I don't know. I got one. And that's because by that point, who knows? I mean, the yeah. spider probably just made its own web again. Exactly. Yeah, we'll take that. So, yeah, we're pretty relaxed. We're talking about Will's wedding, and then we're finally coming up to the first aid station, you know, the first loop, end of the first loop. That's when I feel like the race started. You know, we get to our aid station. We're all, we all have our different plans. 
my plan was to not spend any time at the aid stations at all, if possible. You know, me and Bob met the day before. We talked about it. You know, he was just going to pass me a water bottle. He's going to drop the one I had. You know, I obviously had to drop off my light. But other than that, like, there's not much you really need to do. You know, you guys, I really figured that Dan would go with me in that regard. Mm-hmm. I figured you might stick around just based off what I saw at Kyle Trace. Yeah. So elaborate on your plan for aid stations. And did you just do what you needed to do or? So, yeah, I decided to take more time. And then I did change up, like, I think second loop, how I was kind of doing stuff. But, yeah, that first loop stops, make sure I got everything I needed. Try to be more relaxed because I knew I was going to be a little flustered at first. But then, yeah, I saw you guys. Cause you went instantly. I was like, Oh my God. So that was, Caleb's not really stopping. That could be a problem. Um, because he's just going to get a huge lead on us or something, but it's pretty big. Yeah. And I still, um, kind of took my time even after that. I think Dan used the bathroom or something mm-hmm. that first loop. So, um, he was still there, but he actually left still before me. I yeah, think. He did. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just, I drinking pickle juice, um, drinking Gatorade and then eating, just like chips, I think, and some pickles. And I did that pretty much every loop. So okay. I was like gorging myself just to make sure because I didn't know how my body was going to react after those three loops or something. After 50K, I was like, I could just like blow up out of nowhere. So I really made it a point to actually take my time at those aid stations. So I think that worked out really well for you too. Yeah. Um, and that's something like I didn't, none of us really knew how we'd respond, but we were kind of hoping that would respond in a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to be honest, in my, like, from my perspective, whenever I got to the aid station, I felt like I didn't need anything. Yeah. But three minutes later, when I'm going up the hill, I'm like, I should have, should have gotten more to drink, should have stayed there longer because I feel like crap right yeah. now. But yeah. whenever I got in the aid station, I feel so hyped from everybody and, you know, them telling me what to do and all that. I would forget about feeling bad. Yeah. So it's just in and out trying to get get on the course as fast as possible, but it, it kind of stunk in between each eight station. Yeah. Do you know what the worst slash best part I think is? Whenever you you're coming out of the woods mm-hmm. to get to the eight, and you can hear everyone screaming. Yeah. And or you know you know later on in the race, which I'll talk about a little bit, you can hear everybody cheering for everybody that's ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're like. Oh shoot! I know where I'm at, and I know I have like at least two more minutes before I get to the aid station, yeah, or more. That's classic. You hear the cowbells. You hear that uh, annoying horn. Oh. Cassidy's dad was ringing the cowbell. He was the most cowbell I've ever heard in my hey, life. It worked. Yeah, it was great. But so, whenever I left that first aid station, it felt pretty good. I mean, it's early. And I noticed you guys didn't go with me, which kind of freaked me out. I thought at least one of you would, and it didn't happen. So at that point, I was like, well, I'm going to stay as relaxed as possible, make them work as hard as possible to get to me. That way, they're going to be a little bit more gassed, and I can just roll with them. You guys caught me, I think, three miles in, somewhere around there. You guys didn't seem gassed at all. I think that was part of the plan, too, that you guys had. Is like you're going to be as relaxed as possible, but work your way up using each other, mm-hmm. which kind of snuck because uh, my plan didn't work out as well as what I was thinking. Uh, but, we, you know, we rolled through that uh, second loop, and I think it was definitely the fastest for me. I don't know if it's it fastest like, for you, but you I guys, you had, you had a couple 121s kind of strung together. Yeah. So... Yeah, kind of elaborate on that second loop. You know, you're starting to feel it, but you still have a lot left to the tank. Yeah, second loop was, I think, probably the biggest loop to learn from just because, well, you got that first one out of the way. Now it kind of seems like it's turning into a race. You started pushing, Dan started pushing, and then we all got back together and we're like, we weren't talking as much compared no. to that first loop. Like, we were blabbering like crazy that first loop, and then we started, like, getting a little bit more quiet. We knew the race was actually, like, kind of starting there. But I think I actually felt really hard on that second. You did, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can't remember what mile it was. Maybe. Both you and Dan did, but you're, yeah, I remember because you lost some water bottles. My too. bottle literally came out like out of the the hand, like the bottle just went by itself, pretty mm-hmm. much like into the woods. I fell, cut open my hand, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm down here right now. I have to poop." So I literally just took a poop. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went off to the side of the trail i'm like all right well we got that out of the way now we'll, we're good so that was literally i was down there i was like yep yeah, might as well just do it dude and then 
I wish I would have known that. Maybe I could have put a surge on or something. But <laughs> no. Was that when we stopped at that? Did we stop at the aid station that time in the middle of the woods? I don't think we did. I didn't think we did. I know we did the, the third, third loop. Yeah. But second loop, I thought we, we kept it pretty consistent. And I, I do remember you disappearing and then reappearing again. Yeah. Um, and then same thing happened to Dan. Like he fell hard. And uh, is that awkward? Like, because it's too early in the race to really blitz it. Yeah. But you're like, do I really want to just leave him? No. <laughs> like, I, we're going. So I, like, I just kept the same pace. I'm like, he's going to catch back. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Um, that is the classic when one of us falls or something. We're always like, oh, dude, are you okay? We're still running. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, sorry. We're not, we're not gonna stop. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but we're also not gonna be a dick and just leave you. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. So we get through the second aid station, and I love watching the video. I've watched it like a million times now. Your mom is like right beside uh, Matt Young, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, good, they copped the Caleb." Like, well, yeah, of course they would. Like, yeah, she doesn't get it. <laughs> she's a psycho, dude. But she's yeah. great. And then we come in, and once again, like, so at that point, I was feeling kind of rough because I was like, I got four more miles left, and my stomach feels super full. And I'm not feeling great, like nauseous wise. Like I think it's just a humidity. Uh, my biggest thing was I was taking that cis beta gel or not gel, uh, beta fuel, which is the the liquid calories that I had. I really think you know going you know, hindsight being 2020, I should have done every other loop with that because I think I filled my stomach up too much with that in the first two loops. Because after that, I didn't want it anymore. Did it just like feel heavy? Felt your... heavy, felt bloated, felt like I couldn't take anything more in. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want my gels anymore. I didn't want any honey singer wafers, anything like that. Yeah. So I told Bob at that, at the end of the second loop, just water from here on out. And he, and he did. Um, so after that, you know, that's where I think the race started. Yeah. You know, we got two loops in and then you know, I left, but you guys caught me a lot sooner than the, the second loop. Mm-hmm. It was like less than a mile, I think. Yeah. You're going up, sinking up the first hill. And then we all stayed together up until going up to the hill. You know, going towards the aid station, I think it was at the very base of the hill. You finally pull up to the side of me. And at first I was like, thank God, like, I don't want to, I don't want to leave anymore. I'm done. This is, I'm, I'm ready just to follow. <laughs> but then you put a gap on that little switchback section. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't like that as much. And then we get to the aid station and we all three take a drink, which is the first time. And then you take off. Yeah. You're I was gone. Very quick through that. You're very quick. Dan took his time. And now looking back on it, I could tell he was struggling a little bit, but I didn't really realize it at the time. Yeah. He trips and falls. You know, his water bottle goes flying. I, I like throw it to him and I start running. And then he catches me pretty quick after that. He said something to the effect of he didn't. Yeah, that hurt or something and he's like my stinging water bottle flew out and i'm like yeah no, i know i picked up for you <laughs> and then he went by and then after that i'm like i don't feel very good and i'm getting dropped by him so i take a leak you know right by that gravel road and i expected to be able to see everybody still but no after then i was totally by myself it's like tag on it that that was the race right there like i just <laughs> lost it you know taking a leak great you know, I was hoping that being a 60-mile race that that wouldn't matter as much, but I don't know. It's weird. It, like, gets in your head slightly just, like, because little inconvenience like that, especially with the loop concept. I don't know what about it makes it, like, makes you feel like crap Yeah. for some reason. Well, yeah, because, like, we're not even to the halfway point. Yeah. And you're feeling like crap, and you know you have 30-some miles to go. Oh, <laughs> this is rough. This is rough. Yeah, so like you you took off at that aid station. I'm feeling sorry for myself, feeling bad. But yeah, you know, I'm just running normal. Nothing crazy. I wasn't really searching, trying to catch back up. I was just trying to keep it even keel. Um, and then you remember the part where you kind of go up a hill in the last like three miles? That's the worst. That's that's probably one of the tougher hills just because yeah. where it's at. I passed Josh Keck and my dad. Not the third Josh Keck on a bus, but he's kind of on my shit list right now. Because he's like, oh, yeah, there's six minutes ahead. I'm like, oh, wow, that was a big move. Uh, okay, because we were literally together 
about 20 minutes ago. Um, okay. And then I, I passed my dad. He's like, yeah, they're about two minutes. I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Everyone's just giving you a lot of comments. <laughs> so uh, I figure it's somewhere in between because that, that's usually how it is. And it probably ended up being about four to five minutes by the time I got to the, you know, the finish line, you know, area. But, uh, yeah, kind of elaborate. Did you pass him? And he, you know, because Josh Keck's he's he's a fan of all of us. Yeah, and we love him to death. Passed him, and I think Seth Harshberger as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Love that guy, and of course Josh, just classic, starts sprinting with us. He has his, he really? yeah, his GoPro camera. I was like, dude, Josh, you're hilarious, but don't you do this right now? I will kick you off this trail. <laughs> but it was very funny. So, but yeah, that's I. Anytime I was going downhill, I was pretty much hammering it a little bit harder, I feel like. so, And that's why I kind of wanted to make kind of an early move, see like how you guys would react to that too. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like mile 25, 26, started pushing a little bit just to get the boys going. So a question for you, was Dan with you at that point or was he a little bit off of you? He was just a little bit off of me. I think maybe about like just a minute or two. Okay. So, That's more than I thought. I figured you guys connected back together and we're just running together. Yeah. But I think I was just alone for that rest of that loop pretty much. Yeah. And then obviously you get to the aid station at mile 30 and I take my time. I actually, I think that was probably one of my longest because I knew the loop after this, that was going to be the most I've ever ran was mm-hmm. going into that fourth loop. And so I made sure I got extra stuff, took a little bit extra time too. So, but then you guys caught right back up. So, well, I mean, I noticed like I was looking at the splits. You ran 121 for that third loop, but more likely you ran like 118, 117, because you probably, I figured you took more time at the mm-hmm. aid station um, than either me or Dan did. I don't know. I don't know. Dan may have taken a little bit more time, but I, my, my aid station was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Bob, whenever he talked to me, he is like, Hey, they're not that far ahead. It's halfway. There's a lot of race left. Just keep going. You know, just try to cut a little bit each loop and try to get back to them at the last loop. So that was kind of my mantra. And I actually ended up feeling a little bit better once I started taking in water because that whole third loop, I didn't drink or eat anything, which was a really bad thing, but I just didn't, I really didn't want to, cause I felt like I was going to throw it up if I did. Hindsight, you know, obviously I should have tried harder, but I really was done with gels. I was done with anything sweet. That's so, crazy that you did not eat any. That's that yeah. Blows my mind. I mean, I only ate one of the three honey stinger wafers that I brought. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on the second loop. So from then on out, though, it's like all natural, like watermelon pickles. That was literally the only thing I ate. I would take in like one gel each loop. I wanted to, but. The stomach can only handle what it can. So, and then it's just straight water. I mean, I drank some Gatorade at some of the aid stations, but other than that, it was just straight water. And I think, you know, hindsight, I keep saying that, like, I'm just reflecting. Humidity does some crazy things to your stomach. You know, you got to just figure out, you know, in training, try to try different things. You know, try to see if water is the best move or if you can handle some type of electrolyte drink or, you know, calorie drink. Um, obviously I didn't do that as much as I should have, but I learned, you know, and I think I, I, the thing I'm most proud of of this race was crawling out of a bad place and still being competitive, you know, I mean, I'm not that I was running with you or anything, but I felt like I was chasing you and that was all I needed to keep going and you're still running a good time. So that was awesome for sure. So fourth loop, my fourth loop has actually felt really good, you know, better. How'd your fourth loop go? Not good. That, that was probably my hardest loop, I'd say. Because I was still kind of pushing after that aid station, too. Um, that was where Dan and I actually, I think, ran together for, mm-hmm. I think, the first three miles of that loop. So right around, like, mile 33, I think that's when I actually started leaving Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, we power hiked, actually, a couple of the early hills. Cause we were like, we're going to take a little bit of time, make sure we don't burn out too quick. And um, the Dan started falling. And that, I think that's when it really started taking it, taking it out of them. Yeah. Um, so I just kept moving on, just kept trucking. And, but that's when I started cramping up actually really bad. After that, I think mile 35, that, at that aid station, I was coming down one hill at one point and my hamstring had the worst shooting cramp. It actually stopped me and I started yelling because it <laughs> hurt that bad. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually, this is like a serious thing. So. 
mental note. I obviously just kind of kept running through it, but it was still cramping up. Get to finish the loop pretty much, and luckily Cassie's dad had salt tabs. I've never taken salt tabs before. I haven't either. I started sucking those things down, dude. Like, it made, I think, the biggest difference because I was drinking a lot of salt, like pickle juice, I had tailwind, electrolyte, and then just the other hand up was straight water. But the salt tabs, I think, saved, saved my life because I was seriously cramping up. I took two, and then literally going into that next loop felt instantly better. Yeah. So that was by far my hardest loop that was that. That fourth, fourth loop. loop by far and you think fourth loop would be the fourth or fifth would be the hardest because of where it's at yeah and you're like oh i have 20 miles to go yeah. oh that's a long run <laughs> do you know what i did though i actually just went by loops i tried not thinking about mileage too yeah because anytime i start doing math it's counting down it just destroys until the, until the last loop there was no counting down exactly. it was actually counting down from specific mushrooms that i saw on the course <laughs> i saw four chicken in the woods I counted them down every time I passed by. That's classic. So, if you know Meek's trail and you see those chicken in the woods, just you know, thank them for keeping me going. <laughs> um, chicken in the woods is a great mushroom, by the way. But uh, no, I agree. Um, it was it was daunting because the only time I felt like I actually thought about the entirety of the race was at the aid station, like mm-hmm. the the you know ten mile points. Yeah. Because obviously you're like, okay, I have 30 to go, 20 to go, now 10 to go. Yep. Uh, Bob did tell me you were cramping up a couple times. It didn't help, though, because I couldn't see you. Yeah. So That was actually, it was that A station. My number had fallen off. Mm-hmm. It was just like disintegrating, so I just stuffed it into <laughs> my thing. But yeah, I was like, duct tape, someone give me duct tape. Because I thought I would I was trying to duct tape it back on my shorts. Such an idiot. Because my shorts are soaking wet. Yeah. Obviously not going to stick. Matt... Thank God for him. Literally just comes up. He's just like, dude, just stuff it, stuff it in your belt. Yeah. I'm like, okay, perfect. And then as he was actually trying to duct tape the number on, though, that's a, I had another shooting cramp pretty oh, much. No. So, um, in the other leg, and then that's when I, I was like, all right, we're taking salt taps the rest of the time, pretty much. Because I mean, that first loop, I was already sweating, like dripping sweat. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you took your your jersey off the first loop. After first loop, right? Or yeah, it second so loop? it was second loop. I okay. meant to take it off, and my light left both on. You left your light on the second Dude, loop? I'm an idiot. So I literally left my light on. I tossed it at the um, entrance of the woods or something going into that second loop. But then after I finished the second loop, I got my shirt off that time because yeah. it was already drenched. I was like, there's yeah. just no need for this right now. So It was just so sneaky humid. Like, it, was. it wasn't... It didn't feel that bad when we started, but man, after the first loop, we were all drenched. Yeah, it was horrible. And that's something like, you know, if anybody listens from other parts of the country, the southeast is really rough with humidity. Like, it's hard to explain. Even the Midwest is probably pretty humid as well. But, like, it's so hard to, you look at the time, like, oh, you know, 838, that's pretty fast. It's like, yeah, but it could have been a lot faster if it had been, like, a perfect 50-degree day with, you know, a dew point of let's say 58 50 you know it's just it's hard to really compare yeah humidity um, what poor man's altitude. poor man's altitude yeah, yeah poor man's and altitude training so you know hopefully this race gets bigger and bigger each year but that's going to be something that's going to be fun to see if we get some out-of-state people from like out west you know from the mountains see how they adapt to it because like obviously people going to run rabbit run you know 100 mile they had to adapt to the altitude i'd love to see those same people come down to Humidity, humidity and just see how they fare you know hopefully they can do well but stuff stuff so you got the last two loops that's when the grind really starts you know dan you know i don't know if you knew whenever he dropped i had no clue he dropped until after i finished thank god because i yeah. probably would have eased up and probably run slower yeah because i was like in the back of my mind i was like dan's coming he's going to pass me if i slow down so there's no slowing down um but at this point, you're up ahead. You're alone. It's all you. Because we really didn't even pass that many people. No. You know, I thought we were going to be passing a whole lot more people throughout each loop. No, it was a lot of alone time. Yeah. So what were your thoughts last two loops? The last two loops, I think, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, just kind of by myself there for a little bit, um, going into the second to last. Um, I wasn't too nervous. I thought I had a pretty decent gap on you. But I was actually wrong. So I think 
that fourth loop, I just stayed steady. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I think I power hiked a little bit, not much though. Mm -hmm. um, and still, whenever I got to that like 45 mile, that aid station, I made sure I took my time and stuff, but still, still kind of hammered going down um, for the last five miles going to mile 50. And so I was really steady still through that one. And then going to that last loop was just like survival mode pretty much because that's when I definitely started feeling it. And, and I still, I had no idea how far behind you actually were, how close you were to me. I thought I legit had multiple minutes on you. I thought maybe you got talked. No one told me anything, so I had no idea. It sucks being up front, doesn't Dude, it? it yeah. does. It sucks so bad. <laughs> no one tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we had no clue what was going to kind of go down, but um, then going into that last loop was pretty crazy. Let me get into that. Yeah, so last loop. You know, I actually, I figured you were about five or six minutes ahead. I get into the aid station, and Bob's, like, pointing at me. He's like, Caleb, he's a minute and 90 seconds ahead. You got to get out as quick as possible I'm like what how like what in the world so i get some water and he's like you gotta want it more than he wants it tell me you want it more than he wants it i'm like yeah yeah i, I kind of want it more i guess <laughs> but knowing deep down like my i really this is hurting so bad oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if i want it more <laughs> oh yeah i, I kind of want it but like we'll see so my plan from you know, from that aid station to the next aid station, which was the very last one at mile what like fifty six or whatever, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to keep it as normal and as like strong, but I don't want to catch him until the second half because like there's just too much time. The last five miles, he's probably better at downhill running than I am. I want to make sure I have something left in the tank. So I remember seeing you on a switchback, and that gave me some life. I was like, okay, I could see him. I passed Josh Keck again. He's like, yeah, he's six minutes ahead. I literally turned around and said, you're lying, because he was literally 90 seconds ahead a couple minutes ago. And he, like, said something, but I didn't listen to him. So that spurred me on. But then after that, like, it, the, that fire kind of dwindled a little bit, because, like, I was, like, hoping to be able to see you more often, and I didn't see you at all. So this is, I think, the big, big part of this race was going up to that last aid station, mile 55, how switchbacky it was. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I mean, I was just kind of chilling. I, there were a couple of hills I just hiked. I wasn't going too hard. I was like, I think I have a pretty good gap on them. So I'm going to like make sure I don't just blow up within like these five miles or whatever. But then going up to that aid station, I turn just a little bit to the left and I'd see this man's hair, his mm -hmm. curly hair just bouncing up and down. And he's literally like right there. And that is what actually got me going pretty much. My literally butt cheeks puckered up. I was like, <laughs> we got to go, dude. So I got to that aid station and tried to make it as fast as possible. I think it was there maybe like 40, 45 seconds yeah. and just out. And then, because I was like, I'm feeling pretty bad. I'm going to try to hammer it for as long as I can for these next couple of miles. And that's pretty much exactly what I did. Because I was like, because if I do blow up or something, Caleb's just going to come just casually passing me and i was like i cannot have that right now because well it would have been cool if we were literally coming in together no a sprint out <laughs> dude a sprint out in 100k that would have been hilarious it is hilarious but that would not it would have looked very bad too us just looking like shit coming. yeah it would have been good but yeah so kind of on that i never saw you like i heard the the cowbells at the aid station i looked up and couldn't see you so i was mm -hmm. like that could be him, but it could be somebody else too. Like it could have been just another runner uh, that we're lapping. So I get to the aid station. They're like, okay, he's 60 seconds ahead. I'm like, I really don't want to start back running again. So I took another drink of Gatorade and then Isaac waits trying to get me to get some of his gel, his gummies. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, I can't eat anything anymore. I'm done eating. Like there's no eating more. I just get one, you know, last thing of pickle juice and I was gone. And then so. Once you leave that aid station, it's downhill, but there's a switchback downhill. So you really can't open it up until you pass that switchback because you're literally turning. And I do that pretty quick. And then after that, like I felt like my legs couldn't go any faster. I was like, huh, okay. Well, we'll just we'll just see. You know, we'll we'll open it up and try to see. And after that, I was like, I'm not going any faster at all. I'm pushing and there's just it's like an engine sputtering. So I was like, well, maybe he can blow up, you know, that it didn't happen. 
So sorry. The yeah, the uh, <laughs> the moves you made were perfect because they were like basically I looked at it a minute each mile, and that was that was what it was, you know. Uh, and then at a certain point, I saw Isaac wait with like a mile to go, and instead of telling me how far ahead you were, he's just like. Win your money, man. I was like, okay, I get it. I'm, it's done. It's over with. I'm just going coaster in because there's no point. Um, but it, it, you know, it's fun. And uh, I was, I was actually this thing. I was like, you know, to be honest, this has been a fun race. Like, I mean, I'm tired. I really want to be done with this as fast as I can. But this is a this is a good one. You it, know, it turned into a pretty fun race. Like knowing it was going to be that brutal and stuff, but. If I could go back to, I say this all the time, but just like running with friends, that's probably yeah. one of the best things I think we all look forward yeah. to. So. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, if we had somebody we really hated and they end up winning, you know, we'd be fr- furious. You know, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm happy. Yeah. It was Alex. That's great. If it had been Dan, yeah, that's great. Exactly. Um, it doesn't matter. If it had been Holly in, great. You know? exactly. But uh, I think that's the cool thing with us too, because like we've done multiple races like trail races against each other now since we've well Dan and I've graduated. Funny that you just coached us too and now we're just still just racing each other. We're just hammering each other. Yeah. And you never know until the day. Yeah. So it's like it could be any of us pretty much who's gonna have a bad day, who's gonna have a good day. We just have no clue until the day actually comes. Exactly. And that's why I'm really excited. So as we leave the Hurricane Hunter K experience going forward, I love this group because we're we're Obviously, they're pretty talented. We're in love with the sport. You know, I'm excited to see what we can do against other people. You know, you know, we're talking about races that we're going to do next year. We're at the end of this year. You know, let's kind of dive into that. You know, so obviously, I'm going to do Canal Corridor 100 Miler in October. I'm thankful that Arlen Glick has, you know, told me he's going to pace me. We'll see how he feels after Run Rabbit Run. <laughs> Um, I think it's gonna be a really fun experience running a flat hundred, you know, obviously because it's flat and it's not something I've never done before. But for you, you know, we've talked about JFK, we've talked about Bandera, we've talked about a couple other races. You know, what do you got in mind? Because I think this group here, you know, me, you, Holly, Ann, Dan, Rambo, you know, Ryan Ramsey, who's you know part of our group, Brandon Perry's running no business, you know, here in a month. Uh, Bob Luther, who is my crew chief. He's running the trilogy here in, I think, about a month as well. It's like October 8th, 9th weekend. Um, we have a lot of good runners in this area, and we want to spread you know, from the Huntington area. We want to go out west. We want to go up north, south, east, west, wherever, and compete. So what are your, your thoughts on where you want to go? Yeah, that's the big thing, I think, like just trying to get West Virginia like trail running on the map and stuff because I think we are – kind of like looked at as not as great if we're not at altitude these guys can't come out in the mountains and race i already know dan can easily do that he has done that mm-hmm. he went black canyon 100k got a top 10 finish you can do that you've won many races 100 milers and stuff same with holly and going to these big races and just killing so it's like we got to put west virginia on the map and i think Big for me after this Hurricane 100K, I feel kind of confident in doing longer stuff now too. I think Bandera is definitely going to be on the list, um, which that'll be a crazy race, especially if you're doing it. We can go out and do it together. That would be cool. And then the Gorge Waterfalls, I think that's what it's called. I actually got into the 50K for that, which I want to make that a very fun, just competitive race too. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be kind of fast. I don't know if it's actually at altitude or not, but... Um, yeah, I didn't think so, but do that in April. And then I would love to do JFK just because I think being the oldest race, which I'd probably do that next year, not this year. Oh, no. So, yeah. Um, Rim to River, I'll, I'll be pacing Dan, so yeah. I'm going to pace him for a chunk of that. And I think it's like two weeks after, so I don't think I want to do that just yet. I want to actually get some decent, different training because I think it is going to be completely different training for JFK with it being more road and stuff or yeah it's, i mean it, it's a good mix because yeah. you have the appalachian trail section and you also have the towpath and you have the road section yeah. so it's it's like three different races in one um but yeah i think it's a good plan okay. you know you, you seem to be a little bit 
probably smarter than I am when I sign up for races. You know, I, I finish a race, I'm like already thinking about the next one. Like, yeah. all right, well, I'm gonna go to ultra sign up and you know, as, as soon as possible, you know, sign up. Dude, for no, one. I think I'm the same way. <laughs> I was literally like the next day, I think Dan and I are well, on Monday, Dan and I were at work on ultra sign up <laughs> yeah. looking up races and stuff. I was like, God, this is just ridiculous. But I love it though, because like this Huntington group is so excited about racing. You know, Dan, I think he's going to do Black Canyon again. Yeah, I think that's going to be perfect because. You know, Dan is, he can run that fast pace for a long time. And he's hes super tough. And I think where Black Canyon, it's got some technicality in it, so I don't want to downplay it. But, like, he's going to roll. And that's a speedy course, so he's going to just roll. He already has experience on it. So make a good one. Yeah. You know, Bandera, you know, you know, hopefully if we all go together, we got me, you, and Holly Ann, we got a good group. Um, you know, we'll go up a couple of days before and run some of the course as well. But. You know, it's it's a little bit com- comforting having somebody you know there and to roll with at least. Exactly. Uh, and like Gorge Waterfalls, I mean, that's the 50K. I mean, the way I saw it last year, the 50K was like everybody that qualified for Western States did the 50K as like a little tune-up, mm. which is really cool because you're racing against Tyler Green. You're racing yeah. against some real uh, – Ryan uh, Miller. I mean, you got some really Savage. like – Yeah, straight savages running that. So, and it's not an altitude, so that helps us out some. It's still a lot of elevation gain. I mean, you got a huge hill. I think it's like 3,000 feet. Nice. Up. Love so, that. and that's most of the elevation of the course itself right there. Wow. Um, so, I mean, being from West Virginia, we pride ourselves in running up hills. So, we got to represent that. But, you know, I think it's just going to be really fun to kind of spread. Because, you know, people think of West Virginia, they think of, like, nature, but they don't think of trail runners. Yeah, never think of trail runners. And especially the Huntington area, not that Huntington's not a beautiful place in itself, but usually it's got some connotations that are negative. Yeah. So, we don't my, I mean, my goal is just to make Huntington a place where people come and run fast. You know, you know maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it does. It gets downplayed a lot, and it sucks because, yeah, people do kind of just shit on it. From time to time and it's like you don't get it unless you're actually from here or you live here you know um so you could say what you want it's whatever but i think what we have been doing lately um going to these kind of bigger races doing some bigger things too i think it's really good to get huntington on the map in that respect because yeah we kind of get tired of people just talking shit about it so i agree and like i hate it for matt you know matt young who put on this great race no one will ever know how legit this race was because they're like, oh, it's just a bunch of West Virginians running together. The atmosphere was probably one of the, the coolest things ever. They exactly. had ice cream, pizza, just flowing all day. And it was Donuts, just... coffee. I mean, they had, they had, they was a first class event and it had some first class athletes at it, but no one knows just because we're from West Virginia. It's yeah. going to get overlooked. I mean, on I Run Far, not to throw them under the bus, but they didn't even put it in its weekly, you know, what happened this week on ultra running. So I put a comment on it and just said, like, hey, Alex Meyer ran 838 and Holly Ann ran 931. That's legit, you know. Yeah. It's their 28th fastest 100K time and 16th fastest 100K time. That's, that should be in the Iron Far, you know, yeah. overview of the week. Doesn't get looked at. Yeah. So it's just, it's just because we're a West Virginia race. And that's why I think it's on us to go out other places and put our name on the map and then hopefully people will see that and then they look at these West Virginia races and see how legit they are. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Can't wait. But other than that though, I mean, so going forward, where are some things you can kind of like work on to get you better? I think staying healthy, that's going to be the big thing, um, which I think I recovered pretty well after that race. I was actually running the next day. got my girlfriend to run a mile with me. So yeah. That was awesome. A streak. Yep. Keep the street going, baby. Um, Dan's still killing me in the street, but we'll keep it. We'll try. We'll try our best. But, um, yeah, the only really pain, I think I had just a left arch. I was hurting, but other than that, feeling actually much better now. And, yeah, just stay healthy. Keep training hard. Um, we're going to do a couple, like, little things, I think, different. But, I don't know, maybe more try different nutrition, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, things are going to kind of just – Along with what I've been doing, so I like it. What about you? Well, I think knowing a little bit more about how the beta fuel kind of help or helps and hurts me, I'll probably.
probably do a better job of figuring out when to use it in a race. Like, so if Bandera is my next one, or Canal Quarter, maybe I can try a little bit of different things since there are so many opportunities at these stations. Yeah. Um, I don't think I should front load it as much as I should. So that's part of it. Just kind of space it out just more evenly. Yeah, I think that will help a lot. Because, you know, to be honest, like, I don't usually drink or fuel much during training. Yeah. So. I think that's what's all. Me, you, and Dan, and all. Yeah, and I think that's part of just being like a college athlete. You, we never, never, we never fueled during race. So yeah. I think it's good to try to practice it and work on it. But also, I think that where we're not used to it, it's probably not best to just start using it during a race. Yeah, I have never really ran with a bottle ever. No. I was like two weeks leading up to this race. I was like, I should probably practice running with these bottles, especially two of them. Yeah, because that's that, that is kind of awkward. Yeah, it made no sense, but yeah, you just gotta practice it, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it too. Um, you know, other than that, you know, as an old guy, you know, a twenty-nine-year-old veteran, uh, the only thing I can tell you is, you know, if you can, you know, cut down some of the time in the aid stations, you're going to blow everybody out of the water. Yeah, and and that's it. Just takes practice. So, I'm not saying you should take more or less time in like recovering throughout mm -hmm. the eight stations but maybe find ways to be more efficient yeah exactly so yeah. if like you have like a water bottle switch you can have somebody do that yeah um and then or like your shoe switch you know and part of it too you're knowing now how the you know 100k course goes and instead of having your tent down at the bottom maybe you just have your spot <laughs> yeah have your crew just have your shoes ready at the at the very top of it so you don't run down yeah you know that's Little so things like little that things that, can, that add up, you know, because you're doing six laps. That's part of it. Yeah. And um, also, your brain's not working as well, so it's like if you already have that stuff figured out before, it's probably gonna be a lot better. Yeah. But I also think too. I mean, the training you did leading up to it, you were so much faster on the running portions. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter yeah. how long you took because you're still gonna make it up in the running. Right. So. It doesn't really matter how long you take as long as you can run fast enough so you figure that out and that's that's the main thing yeah but going forward to you know bandera or whatever race you're running that's going to be a big key part of it because you're going to be racing against unfortunately better better, better yeah. people than me so yeah, they're gonna be crazy so yeah you know the if you wear a vest having you know people you know, change out your vest for you yeah. and that way you can switch out stuff like that that's going to help yeah for sure um other than that, though, I mean, the workouts you did seem to be really beneficial. Yeah. And that was something I was thinking about as I was reflecting. I needed to do some more workouts. I did more like Arlen Glick type training where I just did, you know, casual hill repeats, not even fast, just running up hills for yeah. miles. And it's kind of more of a 100 mile thing. But for 100K, you got to have some speed. Oh, yeah. You know, because I was, I could have run that pace probably for two more laps, but it didn't really matter because that's not the. That's yeah. not the point. You were kind of you gotta run fast. Up. Yeah, you gotta pick it up, especially down the hills. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm Wednesdays off work from Robert Running Shop. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! Um, so workout Wednesday, I'd always just do something. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter really what it was, but I try to at least do something where I'm doing some kind of workout where it's just trying to build up that middle of the week, pretty much. And then Sundays, I think always just doing like a longer kind of steady state because I mean obviously. I, running that long on a Sunday, you just want to be kind of done sometimes, especially running by yourself. You just turn it into a little workout, and that's always kind of like what I would do on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then trail running. I mean, I've just been luckily where we're at the new shop close to Barbersville. I just I've gotten a lot better just running trails. I think too. I think it's helped a lot, yeah, because it's so convenient for you guys just to go after work, and it it's fun. I mean, yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, I rarely well this whole week i've been running just downtown and it's just been killing me dude it's not the same yeah it's not the same but all right so you know we, we've talked a lot about this huntington community you know we got me you dan green holly and swan there's a lot of other people in this community as well like you know chris simmons robert smith ryan ransby um I mean, there, there's so, so many people we could include in this awesome group. Let's talk a little bit more about how important it is for us in this community to, you know, show off Huntington in itself, you know? So what do you think about that? It is a great place. I mean, I'm originally from Morgantown, 
came down here in 2016 and been here ever since. And I mean, it's my home now and it's the people I think that makes it really. So like, like you're saying, Robert, he's owner of Robert's running shop, shop in Huntington and Charleston. And we have such like just great customers, great people that come in and it's like a passion. And then we talk about running, do running this literally all we do. So that's a good thing to actually have a lot of people to talk to about. And I think it gets more people motivated to race and come out and do events and stuff in the West Virginia area. So I think that's always good. And then Roman run shout out to Roman run. It's another kind of local, just apparel company where they're actually even putting on a race this weekend at Barbersville, which we brought up a lot. Um, 20 miler just through there and that's going to be a great time. Ryan Ramsey puts that on and it's such a great fun race. And then free folk brewery, baby. They're going to, yeah. be so we're going to have some beers and it's going to be great. No, I agree with that. And like, there's so many people in this community that run. I mean, there's so many people that run on the trails, run on the roads, come to Robert's running. They ask for advice. You know, they go to all these races. They ask for advice. And it's something that's not necessarily specific to just like elite runners, but they, they just want to know what they can do to get better. And I think that's the beautiful part about being in our position because we know, you know, we've run these races before. We've run miles upon miles in these shoes. So, like, yeah, obviously, you run for Robert Train Shop. I mean, that's perfect because you know exactly what shoes they need. But, like, even people that ask me, I'm like, hey, like, I can refer you to Robert's running, but this is what works for me. You know, I love the Hoka Clifton. I love the Hoka Speedgo. And it gets them kind of excited about it, you know. And, you know, I have a couple of athletes that I train, you know, David Smith, a few others who are constantly asking what they can do to get better in this sport. And, I mean, it's just so fun to kind of like channel that fire that I feel like that people like us and people like Robert and Ryan Ransby and a few others provide to this community. They're, they're all just so passionate about it. And when yeah. you can actually talk to someone that's passionate about something, it makes you actually want to learn more about it and actually get into it, I think. I agree. Yeah, it's definitely. And like, you know, Holly Ancina too, she's a coach as well. There's so many people in this community that want to get better. So, you know, we have the knowledge of, what it takes you know we were college runners we've seen what the miles of trials does to a body and we're able to take that information and give it to the populace and i think that's super important to the community because this community is searching for something to hold on to and trail running road racing whatever it is i think that's something that people want to get a part of um you know we have great marathons we have the marshall marathon we have races like Charleston distance run that are historic. Um, but we also have like the Canal Trace 50K, which is a great 50K. We have the Barbersville 20 miler. You know, the, there's so many different races that people can do in our area that is a great venue for them to get started in or to continue to get better. Um, it's just, it, it's amazing. I love it. You know, my, I told everybody in the podcast before my first trail run was the Barsville 10 mile run, the bridge to river. Um, it's, to be honest, it's tough. It's not an easy course, but it's a course that you can easily get to. It's a course that you can run. You have, if you have road shoes, that's fine. If you have trail shoots, it's probably better. You're gonna do a lot better at it. Um, but you're able to do it and to figure out what it takes to get better at trail running. So shout out to Robert for putting that on, you know, him and his wife do a great job with that. Um, but there's a ton of races in our area that do that type of thing. And I think it's important. Um, but like you said, Roman Run, they're a local company. You know, if you want to go off, do you want to talk about Roman Run? I, yeah, mean, it, I mean, just if you're looking for just kind of casual wear that you can still actually wear for running, um, they have some of the best apparel, I think. Um, super nice, super comfy. And then Dan and I... I mean, yeah, we're actually run and run. We're sponsored by them, and we've actually ran multiple races in their clothes, which you wouldn't expect to be running a 50K in Yamacraw in 80-degree weather and kind of a shirt like that. It worked fantastic. So, But they, they're they so nice to us, and they're just good people. So that's I, I 
love rum and runs so definitely check them out big 20 mile race this weekend barbersville baby so and free folk brew be there as i've said before i think that's one of our favorite breweries in mm-hmm. fayetteville west virginia so i'm um, glad to have them come too so it's gonna be cool yeah but there's just so many amazing things in our area that we wanted to give shouts and to be honest we're gonna miss a few but we gotta give them the attention they deserve so you know, rum and run free folk Robert Schrang shop, you know, heck, heck, Marshall University. These are key things in our running community that are specific that help us out. So if you're in the Huntington, Charleston area, give them a shout out, give them some of your attention, buy some stuff from them. I mean, you're going to help them out more than you ever know. Um, And I think that's what the Hurricane Hunter case is all about. You know, it's all about community. I'm from Hurricane, West Virginia, transplanted to Huntington. The hurricane community took us on you know this past weekend and we're blessed by it you know these guys really helped us out and they gave us an opportunity to to go at it for 62 miles it was amazing it was an amazing experience matt young shout out to you for putting it all together brad dorner everybody else in the hurricane community you guys did awesome Legends. awesome so to close it out i'm gonna give alex the opportunity to give shout outs to everybody he wants Thank you guys so much. This is awesome. Thank you for having me, Caleb. Um, a shout out to Cassie, my girlfriend. She was there. Great help and everything. Her parents were awesome. Beth and Jeff. Then Jackie and Doug, my parents. They were great. Um, and then Jay also. I have to shout out to Jay Lipford. He was in the race as well. Cassie's cousin. I think he finished 17 hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, he did. That dude, I mean, he was going through it and I think the furthest he's ran previously to that was a marathon, was the Marshall Marathon. No way. Yeah, and then came out and did that, and it was awesome because he finished pouring rain, yeah. and his kids ran up to him. It was probably one of the coolest things I've seen. And that's like going back to the community thing. That's mm-hmm. one of the coolest things I got to see for sure. So. Yeah, oh, man. Like, hey, I'll get, I'll get into it. Like, Dad and I have this special connection because we both run. And watching him run at 16 hours and change was the coolest thing ever. You know, being able to see him cross that finish line with the lights on, it was pouring rain, the fires are going out. Oh, I mean, the, the grit it takes to push through being adversity. On your, being on your feet that long. Yeah. Mind blowing. You know, because like originally he wanted to finish before the sun went down. But obviously early on that wasn't going to happen. So reevaluate your goals, figuring it out, and somehow finishing it. That, that's amazing. Like, that's, that's toughness that is hard to come by. And, you know, Jay, Dad, Don Peel, people like that, those are the people that we look up to. You know, the people that run faster, it's not that we're better or anything like that. We just run faster because we don't want to be out there that long. I think it's more impressive to be it, out there. 100% is more impressive to be out that long. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people that run 100 miles in 32 hours at a golden hour, that is so much more impressive than the people that run it in, you know, 13, 14, 15 hours. Yeah. You know, we do it because we can't handle that toughness for that long. So we just got to do it the best we can. Yeah. Uh, the people that really inspire us are the people that really push hard and grit it out. So thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to showcase that. Jay, Dad, and everybody else. You guys were awesome. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast, and I'll see you next time.